Welcome to episode nine of the Delivering Impact podcast. I'm your host, Dwight Deloach. As we spotlight fellow entrepreneurs, political leaders, and nonprofit organizations that are shaping and changing our communities. Our guest today is the director of the District of Columbia's Department of General Services, Delano Honey, a long-serving member of the Bowser administration, serving in senior leadership roles in four different agencies. During his tenure at the Department of Parks and Recreation, Director Hunter managed a comprehensive recreation system with a combined operating and capital budget of $218 million and more than 1,000 employees and a diverse portfolio of 104 recreation facilities, 930 acres of green space, and 212 fields and playgrounds. Director Hunter is a native Washingtonian and a Spingarn Senior High School graduate. He attended Delaware State University, where he graduated summa cum laude with a degree in business management. Mr. Hunter went on to earn his master's in business administration degree from John Hopkins University Carey School of Business. Welcome today, Director Hunter. Sir, it's a pleasure to be with you. Thank you for having me. Now, I appreciate you taking time out today to join the Delivering Impact podcast. I would like to congratulate you on receiving your confirmation by the District of Columbia's Council to be the Director of the Department of General Services Director. Can you provide listeners insight about your role as the Director of DGS and how you manage your day-to-day -day operations as a member of the Mayor Bowser administration? Public service is something that is near and dear to me, and I am so appreciative of Mayor Bowser for uh, trusting me with an agency as large and as a purview as expansive as DGS is. I've had an opportunity now to serve and be a part of her cabinet since 2015. Uh, and at every stop along the way, it's been gratifying and an opportunity to serve. Uh, but at DGS in particular, you know, our, our, our mandate is to build, maintain, and sustain the district's portfolio. Uh, which is 45 million square feet and seemingly growing by the day. Uh, and I recognize the impact that we have uh, on a district as a whole. When we do our jobs at a high level, it's easier to educate our kids. It's easier to, to recreate for our youth and, and our seniors and everyone in between. It's easier to administer government services from public safety and justice to, to licensing and, and motor vehicle management, you know, the whole nine. So I just enjoy uh, the expansiveness of the role. And also, uh, I understand how critical the work that we do is, is to the overall success of district government and the service delivery for our residents. And that's great. And to build on that, what, what motivated you to build a career in public service? You know, I, I think I've always been a, a public servant at heart. <laughs> you know, I, I've always been gratified by opportunities to represent others to improve service delivery. I think the, the the seeds for public service probably started in elementary school, being a part of student government and then in high school, being a part of SGA and a part of the, the key club, right? For me, those are all opportunities, I think, to represent others, to to serve others, uh, to 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 focus on empowering others. I think those are just the seeds uh, that, that were planted then. And I find it very gratifying because it, I get a good chance to kind of mix my 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 passion for for public service, but also my my interest my interest in excuse me in in business development and and in organizational performance and and it's just a, a good combination of all of the things that 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 are uh, that really drive me as a person. As a fellow 
alumnus of Delaware State University, I ask you if you can walk down memory lane to recap your experience at DSU and how that shaped your professional career. Wow, it's hard to it's hard to imagine a life without uh, Delaware State or Dell State as it is affectionately known. And of course, you're a Hornet, uh, so I know we we share that in common. And I think that Dell State has really served district youth well. Right. It was far enough to get away. It was far enough away where you, you felt away from the city. Right. I want to have two hours away. Certainly Dover, Delaware, a lot different, a slower pace than uh, than, than D.C. Uh, but yet it was close enough. If, if, if you needed to get home or you got yep. home sick, you know, you, you 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 could get there in an hour and a half tops. Right. Hour, 30, right. hour, 40 minutes, but far enough where you can kind of have some space. Uh, and it was a very nurturing environment. Right. And it was an opportunity to be around like-minded persons, right? Many of us at the time, at least my crew at Dell State, we all were first generation uh, uh, college students. We were striving, uh, didn't quite know what we wanted to do, but we know we wanted, we viewed this as an opportunity that we wanted to take advantage of. And then we supported each other uh, and we were in each other's corner. You know, we pushed each other, we held each other accountable. Uh, and the university provided a world-class education, pound for pound, uh, some of the best teachers, uh, that 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 I've had an opportunity to learn from. Uh, it, it instilled in us a sense of confidence. Uh, we we knew that we could compete. We knew that we were ready for the world. At the time, our the school slogan was "Making our mark on the world," and we really we we really embraced that. We we said, "Hey, you know, beyond college, we want to make our mark on this world." That's excellent. I definitely contribute my success as well to Delaware State University, and I know that. Um, it is blazing a trail and creating those pipeline opportunities for minority students to get that first step into college and also get that step into receiving a degree. Uh, now to move forward and bring it back to current, um, the Department of General Services provides training and development opportunities for small businesses, such as the DGS Certified Business Enterprise Symposium that helps uh, small businesses to get contract ready with the Department of General Services. Can you provide listeners a recap of the recent DGS CBE symposium and how um, small businesses can take advantage of those opportunities? Uh, sure. Uh, I'm very proud of the work that DGS uh, does to support uh, small businesses and certified business enterprise. You know, that's been a, a major accomplishment of Mayor Bowser's tenure as mayor, uh, as she now uh, approaches the, the halfway mark of her third term. Uh, in fact, you know, this year alone, the CBE goal is expected to be $1 billion. Those are $1 billion that will uh, provide district agencies the opportunity to partner with certified business enterprises. And that's important because CBEs are based right here in the district. Uh, they are, are owned by and they employ, in many cases, uh, DC residents. They provide opportunities for individuals and entities that may have been overlooked. And it's just integral in our success as an agency. And we recognize also, in addition to doing the work, this is an economic driver. So it's really important that we support the growth of CBEs and DGS in particular, of that a billion dollar citywide goal, this year, DGS will account for nearly 350 million uh, of that goal. So that that's well, you know, that's over a third of that goal. So I'm really proud uh, of the work that we do. So our symposium was about just an opportunity to 
get, get folks some insight as to how we do business. I invited a number uh, of CBEs and aspiring CBEs so they can get a sense of what the landscape is at DGS and some of the opportunities. And one of the comments I heard was like, wow, man, I didn't know you all did so much. I, I knew about maybe janitorial. I knew about construction. I didn't know you all uh, I had so many sustainability initiatives. I didn't know you all were responsible for security. You know, I didn't know that there, there may be opportunities in portfolio management. So the symposium was all about just sharing what the next year will look like and some of the opportunities that will be available. But also, I'm really proud of the panel we had, right? We had a panel with representatives from Capital Construction Enterprises and Maria Corrales uh, had uh, representatives from uh, the HBRG group and also WKM and um, uh, and Smoot Construction, Smoot DC, one of the, the largest and oldest black construction companies in the nation. I think uh, nearly a 75 year rich history of doing great projects, including the MLK Library and uh, uh, the... Uh, African-American History Museum. So I, I think that panel was like my favorite part, right? Because I knew in addition to hearing from government and, and you know, we didn't want wanted to keep our speeches to a minimum, but it was good to kind of hear from peers, right? And we had companies, again, family-owned businesses, brothers that were in business together. Uh, we had a, a women-owned, two several women-owned businesses and also an established business that started off with very small and humble origins, but has grown consistently over the decades through providing a high level of service. So uh, that, that's just a snapshot of the symposium. I'm just really proud of uh, uh, the uh, what we were able to accomplish. Uh, thank you all. And thank you for sharing that recap, because I know that, you know, aspiring um, small businesses should stay informed and attend these uh, outreach sessions with the state agencies, because like you said, Mayor Bowser in the Green Book, it provides your your blueprint to kind of get um, your start to do business with the agency. So I thank you for sharing that insight and, and listeners to try to make sure you stay informed and attend when you can. And another uh, part of that uh, small business development, I know DGS has a mentor protege program to allow small businesses to part um, partner with prime contractors to build capacity. Um, can you provide listeners a little bit of insight about that program and some of the goals that will be coming from it? Sure. Uh, the Mentor Protege Program, uh, the, the concept is, has, has been around for a while, and there are uh, various jurisdictions that have, have a Mentor Protege Program. And in fact, in D.C., uh, our public library systems, uh, DCPL, they've done a great job. Uh, with mentor protege for large construction projects uh, and the goal of mentor protege is to connect emerging businesses right many are construction companies and gcs and and various firms in the construction fields with larger and more established firms so there's a uh you know as the name implies there is a a, a mentorship aspect right we know that it's important for an organization that is seeking to grow to be connected with an established firm so they 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 get a sense of how to actually go about growing right how large organizations function some of the processes uh maybe they, there's a networking component where they're uh meeting and connecting with 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 maybe lenders and and maybe other subs to eventually do work right other talent so the goal of mentor protege is uh number one to have a uh, uh you know great and terrific projects that are that will be constructed in this case schools and recreation centers uh but also to support the long-term growth 
of those CVE businesses that are in an emerging space. Well, I thank you again for sharing that insight. I think that's a great pipeline again for for small businesses just to, like you say, try to build capacity, learn from a previous um, awarded contractor or someone that already has previous um, uh, capacity to to, like you said, um, partner and and possibly learn and 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 get in front of those uh, decision makers and 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 put your best foot forward. Um, as a resident in Ward Seven. It's inspiring to have both uh, Department of Employment Services and Department of General Services main headquarters inside Ward 7. Uh, this week, uh, you participate in a groundbreaking for the upcoming D.C. Infrastructure Academy. Uh, can you provide listeners insight about uh, what's expected out of that facility? Well, that that's a project that's deeply personal for me as a, as a graduate of Spingarn uh, Senior High School. Uh, I was saddened. <laughs> almost devastated with the school closed in June of 2013. And I can remember thinking at the time, uh, this, this school had more to give, more, more, more life to provide. It has a rich and illustrious history of producing you know, world-class athletes from NBA Hall of Famers, all from public servants like uh, Dave Bing, who not only was a top 50 NBA player, but became uh, a titan of industry, right, uh, in the city of Detroit and also eventually became mayor. So, you know, those are, has such a rich history. So for me, I, I'm excited to be a part of the, the next chapter of bringing new life to that building and that facility. And we are, are partnering and we're constructing uh, the DC Infrastructure Academy on behalf of the Department of Employment Services under the leadership of Director Dr. Unique Morris Hughes. Uh, and the DC Infrastructure Academy is all about educating our residents and preparing them for uh, opportunities uh, in the 21st century. And as the name implies, infrastructure, right? So they're partnering with Washington Gas. And we, we heard from a, a graduate there that is gainfully employed and very excited about opportunities. Pepco is a part of it. WMATA is a part of it. So think about infrastructure and what that entails, right? From our utilities to construction, uh, to the, the the railways and and public transportation. It's all about preparing residents to be uh, a part of those, uh, uh, be a part of those industries. And I'm really excited that we're, we're activating about 50,000 square feet of that, that space, partnering with Smooth Construction uh, and uh, to deliver that space in spring of 2025. Well, again, I thank you for your leadership. And, and like you said, I think that that facility is going to, uh, deliver impact because it's going to help residents to get trained up and upskilled in some emerging uh, fields to find jobs and create pathways of employment and and, and possibly apprenticeship programs and, and and opportunities for 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 growth in those industries. Yeah, and if I could, you know, it's really important that we provide our residents with with options and opportunities. I know, you know, you and I were very fortunate enough to go off to school and uh, receive degrees in education, and that's great. <clears throat> I think it's fair to say that it's serving both of us fairly well, but that's not everybody's story, right? That's not everybody's pathway. Uh, these are great opportunities to, to gain skills, to, to get a great education, to be prepared for the opportunities that exist. So I, I, I just really hope that our, our residents embrace that. I'm happy to be a part of this. Maybe someone that's listening may not know about the DC Infrastructure Academy. It may be a good fit for them or for a family member or for a neighbor or someone in their network. So, again, I'm just really excited to be a part of, of such a 
uh, a dynamic undertaking that's going to serve our residents well for for I dare to say decades, if not generations to come. Oh, thank you so much again. That's that Infrastructure Academy. I definitely uh, leave links to um, the programs that we talked about today in the, in the show notes so listeners and residents can stay informed. Uh, speaking of staying informed, I, I try to watch D.C. Council hearings that talk about agency budgets and, and oversight hearings. Um, can you provide listeners um, about a little bit of insight about DGS upcoming priorities for this fiscal year and, and um, fiscal years to come and how you, how the agency is going to try to improve um, preventative maintenance concerns. I know then the uh, D.C. public schools, there have been some hiccups and, and some maintenance issues. And, you know, how, how are you thinking about tackling to improve um, those efficiencies for um, these different government facilities? All right. Well, hey, I'll try to keep I'll try to keep my answer to under an hour. <laughs> <laughs> no, uh, I think that the name of the game for us is is. Uh, work order management, right? I I have a, a running joke, you know what 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 fish is to horse and dickies work orders is to DGS, right? Now we we all know horse and dickies, and when you think of horse and dickies, you think of fish. You know, I hear they have amazing sweet tea. I hear <laughs> cornbread is fresh. I hear the potatoes are imported from Idaho, and they have uh, uh, amazing side dishes. When you think of horse and dickies, you think of uh, fish, right? When you think of DGS. Uh, we do amazing work, our lease management, sustainability and energy initiatives. Uh, of course, you know, folks love our construction projects. But, you know, at the end of the day, when it comes to especially in our schools, as in all our government facilities, to ensuring that people can focus on the, the task at hand, which in some cases is education and other cases, recreation and other cases, uh, delivering services for residents, you know, you have to have facilities that are up to par. And for us, you know, we we are evaluated on how we manage work orders because stuff happens in buildings. And the goal is to be more responsive. Uh, and to do that, we, we have to have an infrastructure in place, right? That means additional funding for work order management. And, and the mayor's been very gracious in her support where we're receiving more money and more money often to be able to tackle issues, right? In addition to that, you mentioned preventative maintenance. The goal is that the more we can invest in preventative maintenance of our HVAC systems, our elevators, our public address systems, you know, the more we can do of that, the better served we are. We see a correlation. The more we invest in preventative maintenance, the fewer work orders we have. And also it's just good use of taxpayer dollars, right? We spend a lot of money building these great world-class facilities. We also have to spend appropriately to maintain those facilities. So you, you can go out right now, go to the dealership, right? And I could say, hey, Dwight, you know, here's, uh, I don't know, um, now cars are so expensive. Here's $120,000, right? And you say, all right, great. I'm going to buy that brand spanking new Mercedes Benz, right? And that's great. Right, great. You got this hundred twenty thousand dollars Mercedes Benz. Guess what? You're still going to have to uh, invest in maintenance, you know, oil changes and 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 brake pad changes. It's going to need new tires, and you're going to need tune ups and here and there. You know, you you it has to match, right? Uh, the maintenance has to match. So I recognize the role that we play, right? We have to, and we'll do a better job at preventative maintenance. We will do a better job at work order management. We have to grow our pipeline of skilled tradespeople to be able to address quicker. We have to have strategic partnerships with, with vendors and CDEs that are delivering top-notch services uh, that have been paid for by tax funder, payer funders. Uh, we have to increase quality 
uh, assurance and quality control to ensure that we're getting bang for our buck. Uh, and then ultimately, we have to engage agencies as collaborators, right? So those are all things that will be priorities, investing more in preventative maintenance, um, ensuring that we have funds necessary for work order management, growing our pool of skilled tradespersons, um, improving our systems so people have a systems, so people have a better idea of how we do business to manage their expectations. You know, those are just a few things that will be priorities for me uh, now and going forward. Well, it sounds like you definitely have uh, a strategic plan um, to kind of, like you say, maintain the government facilities. But again, um, your focus is to kind of have that high excellence of service. And I think that you're going to uh, definitely exceed that. And, you know, I hope the D.C. Council um, provides those uh, funds. And I know it's going to be challenging, but, but as long as you, like you said, keep that strive forward, it can get done. Mm-hmm. And if I could, I you know I I I I'd be remiss if I just didn't you know just just really uh, tip my hat to my colleagues. You know they really are the unsung heroes. At times uh, the the work can be thankless, and, and plus it, it comes with the territory. You you gotta have very thick skin, you know, to be in these sort of positions. Uh, I, I I wish the public could see the the emergencies at all times and nights that that we're responding to. You know you'd be surprised. You know for some reason. Pipes only burst between 11 p.m. and 4 a.m. Mm. <laughs> I mean, this is one of those things. For some reason, power outages or, or, or water main breaks or or, or or gas leaks only happen, you know, after the sunset. Right. <laughs> so the amount of emergencies that that are triaged overnight are are, are are just incredible, you know. And that that team works very hard, right? That team works incredibly hard. So I just want to make sure that they have the support that they, that they they're needed, right? Because I realize, you know, my approach is if I can take care of my staff and empower them with the tools and resources that are necessary, then they take care of the job, right? I take care of them; they take care of the job, and you know. Um, uh, fortunately, the mayor sees this vision. You know, we always have done more with less. Now we want to do more with more. So I'm really excited. God, thank you. Order, work for more work order management, more for preventative maintenance. We want to do more with more. That's right. I like that. More with more. And I, <laughs> again, I thank you for your service as well as thank you for, you know, thank the uh, DGS employees that, like you said, work late nights to make sure these facilities are ready to be operational uh, for, for residents as well as the government faci- um, workers that uh, execute um, the mission of the services that we need. Um, in closing, any tips on how you balance work life? I, I know that it's not easy being an agency director, but um, you know, as you continue to uh, matriculate in your career, uh, have you have what tips to, can you provide? Well, uh, it's certainly something I have not mastered, and and it's a work in progress. Uh, I, I think for me, it, it's something that I am focusing more on now than I did even just. I would say maybe six months ago, a year ago, you know, certainly 18 months to 24 months. I just, you know, had this mentality, you know, um, where I just had this mentality, you know, whatever it took. Right. And I still have that to an extent, but but I'm recognizing uh, I'm recognizing that I am human. Uh, I'm recognizing that you 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 have to have balance. I'm also recognizing for uh, my own. Uh, uh, health and wellness and also the the health and wellness of my family is very important that I, I achieve some sort of balance. 
So I, I'm really focusing, you know, I, I've, I've, I've always been physically active, you know, I, I'm working on being more consistent, you know, in terms of my physical activity. It's very important as a stress reducer. Also diet, you know, uh, it goes hand in hand to do one without the other. You, you don't get the bank for your book that you need. Uh, I'm sp- focusing on my, my spiritual health, you know, something that I am prioritizing uh, as well. I'm focusing on things like rest, you know, as well. And I'm focusing really on realizing that, you know, I uh, have to balance, you know, doing the best I can uh, with with also, you know, realizing that, you know, I'm not perfect, being more forgiving of myself and and those that I work with uh, and that, you know, we all have good intentions and we, 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 we all are giving our all. And as long as we're doing that and being smart about it, uh, you know, good, good things will happen. And when good things don't happen, it's just, it's, 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 it's just life, you know, don't beat yourself up, just keep going. So that, that's kind of the focus for, for myself. It, it ties hand in hand, your, your, your physical health, wellness, your, your mental wellness, your, your, your spiritual wellness, emotional, finance, it's all, it's all interrelated, right? And, and, and you, you got to really look at it all. So I'm trying to make investments in all of those areas, my spiritual health, my physical health, my mental well-being, my financial health, social and emotional, it, it's all connected. I definitely agree. Events that you want DC residents or small business owners to stay connected and learn about uh, as we conclude. Well, I t- but thanks again for just for this opportunity, man. And, and really proud of you and proud of uh, your growth and proud of the approach that you're taking. We, we get a chance to now see each other. It seems like once it's, well, once or twice a month at, at various events, and you're well connected. I'm, you're at DGS events. You're at uh, downtown bid events. You're at mayoral events. I know you have goals and aspirations. So um, just want to encourage you and also just thank you again for the opportunity to, to be on your podcast and for you to share your platform with me uh, to talk about some of the things that I have going on and we have going on. I don't want to take that for granted. I really appreciate it. Um, in terms of event, I would ask folks to really just uh, uh, if you're interested in learning more about the CBE Symposium and Mentor Protege Program, uh, go to dgs.dc.gov. There's really good content there uh, that I would ask you to check out. Um, there's some cool things that we're, we're uh, uh, doing from like a sustainability initiative that, that you'll hear more about in, in the coming weeks and months. Uh, we're going to be breaking ground on some really cool projects coming up. Uh, we'll, we'll be having some ribbon cuttings coming up on some a number of other projects. So follow us on social media and just stay connected. You know, we, we've had a series of public engagements in the past couple of months that just passed. But, you know, there'll be more opportunities, especially as we get into the new year and once we get through the uh, through the holidays. Well, listeners, again, I thank Director Hunter for taking time today to join the Delivering Impact podcast. You provide great content today. Uh, to help small businesses kind of get from, informed about opportunities with the Department of General Services. Uh, continue to stay connected, like Director Hunter said, and um, stay on their website and and monitor their social media. Uh, subscribe to the Delivering Impact podcast and keep dreaming. I hope to see you soon. Thanks again. All right. Thank you.